0: Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world to inspire you to live your happiest life. Maybe you're going through a tough season, or maybe you have full-blown clinical depression, and just getting out of bed is a success for you. Wherever you're at on that spectrum, my goal and my mission is to empower you to live a life that you're happy with, so that you don't ever want to think about ending your life prematurely. I love you guys so much, and today I'm going to be interviewing myself. So make sure to stay all the way to the end to hear about the fun listening room experience contest. Here we go. All right, I am so excited to share on this week's topic. Um, You guys voted. If you're on my LinkedIn Uh, Thank you so much for voting. Every Friday, I send out a survey. I've been doing that for the last couple months now to see what you guys really want to learn more about. I try and pick four topics for you to choose from, and then based on the highest amount of votes, that's what I dive deep into the research on. And so you guys voted for this week for me to do some research on keeping your head up in new situations. So I haven't even thought about the topic today as far as what I wanted to talk about on the podcast because I wanted it to be raw, authentic, just real. Like like you and I were sitting down at lunchtime together, like we maybe we work together, we're co-workers, and you're going through a tough season. So I'm just going to kind of speak from my heart, and I hope that's okay with you. So the first thing that comes to mind, honestly, is no matter what, Tomorrow tomorrow is going to be a better day. I promise you. The sun always rises and the moon always comes up at night. We might not see them because of the cloud coverage, but they're always going to be there. There are some certain things in your life that will always be true. And I know a lot of us had some rocky things happen during the pandemic last year. And I know in certain areas, it's still kind of rocky. I know some places have gone to a second or third or fourth shutdown. and you know maybe you're feeling the the on edge feeling from your kiddos or maybe you're missing your grandparents or maybe you've lost a lot of loved ones through this pandemic or through other means, and you're just feeling kind of sad right now. My hope for you is that you can find even just one small thing, to be hopeful for, to be joyful for, to be grateful for. Um, I know when I was when I was uh, 14 years old, I had my first experience in therapy, and I only had three sessions because our our insurance through my dad's work uh, it was the first three sessions I believe for each of your children and spouse were covered under insurance and then it was out of pocket after that and being a, a child of abuse if you are also a child of abuse or an adult now that was a child of abuse one of the stereotypical behaviors and thought patterns is that I am a burden um, I'm not worthy I'm a burden and so for me my first thing always with anything that cost any money for me as a child was, how much does that cost? Because I didn't want to be a burden. And hindsight, had my parents known that about me and had research been available for them to look it up, uh, when I asked my mom the question, how much does the insurance cover it? How much is this gonna cost for therapy? She could have said something differently, but she did the best she could with what she had knowledge of. And if your kids are asking you questions and you feel like I have to give them an honest answer, you can still be kind and loving to them and say something that validates them like, I love that you're so connected and concerning for the family but that is a stress that's on me not on you that's what should have happened something to that nature instead mom told me very specifically there are three sessions that are covered and then we'll be paying out of pocket now i already felt like i was a burden so i only went to three sessions however those three sessions were super powerful and one of the first things the uh, counselor is a Christian counselor through, I think it was Krista Ministries, if I'm remembering correctly. This was a while ago. One of the assignments she had me do because I was extremely depressed, I had stopped talking at school for about two weeks. I had completely withdrawn uh, the background stressor situation. My uh, friend and I, she had just uh, joined the school. She had transferred from another school that year and we had five classes together. We were like besties. But like sometimes when you're hanging out with someone too often, like there is a proverb that says you kind of overstay your welcome at someone's house. Like make sure you don't overstay welcome. Well, I definitely um, had crossed that boundary or we both did whatever I take ownership for my part. So I had my friendship stress. Um, my family member was coming back from their time in the military, not on good terms. And this particular person was my abuser. And every time they got in trouble. They made lots of mistakes. I learned a lot about what not to do um, as a child um, through just watching them uh, get in trouble or, you know, make mistakes or whatnot. And I made a decision as a very young child um, this is not the kind of person that I want to be. Um, anytime they got in trouble or anytime something didn't go their way, they would lash out either violently, physically, verbally. Or sexually and I never knew which of the three it would be so I learned to not show emotions because I didn't want him to win the fight I didn't want him to know that he was hurting me I think and so my my body and my mind went back to that three-year-old self as a 14 year old and I completely shut down. Another part of the stressor as well. um, So I'm the baby. And so uh, my parents decided that mom was going to go back to work that year. So she had started to substitute teach in the school district so she could still take days off if she needed to, to take, um, I had braces, I believe at the time. And so did, I think my middle brother did as well. So different appointments for, you know, getting our braces tightened and doctor's appointments and she loved to volunteer so she was always the number one volunteer for choir trips and band trips and things like that and it was it was a lot of change all of a sudden for me and being a 14 year old I couldn't handle it all so I withdrew and when I revealed the 11-year-old secret to my mom first uh, of what had happened to me, she had suspected it uh, for a long time because her, her one of her best friends, Rebecca, I believe had told her just she, she had a, a really good intuition and uh, she had studied to be a special ed teacher and I think she was coaching her along uh, her parenting journey. She didn't have any children of her own, so I was kind of osmosis that you know, non-related child of hers, a second mom, if you will. And she asked me when I wasn't talking to anybody at school, I would talk to my parents when I got home, but I was so stressed. Like I thought everybody was going to find out what happened, but it was like, I was taking this shame. Like it was something that I did to myself instead of releasing it. And what I've learned through the last three years of growing my move, happy brand is, and it's been an incredibly healing journey when we share our struggles, we heal. Now, you don't have to share everything with everybody. You do have to be mindful of what you share and be aware that people can try and use what you share against you. Like I had last year happen with someone that convinced me that she was a minister and convinced me that uh, she was someone well-connected in the music industry, and she probably is, uh, but then tried to steal something that I was creating that she volunteered to help me complete instead of splitting it 50/50 which would have been the right thing to do she tried to bully me when I was in safe housing knowing full well that my home was broken into and knowing she knew all the details and I'm 99.99% certain that she called all the officers and all of the caseworkers and whatnot and told them all lies about me because there is certain information that they were aware of that I only told to her. And had I not gone to those three therapy sessions as a 14 year old and learned these three key things that really helped to give me a foundation to building resiliency. I don't know if I would have made it last year. Um, Honestly. So, one of the things that my counselor had me do as a 14 year old, the first assignment I had was I was in charge of writing 25 accomplishments uh, by the next week's session that I had done in my life. And I said, 25 accomplishments? She's like, yep. I said, Does it matter what age? Nope, just 25. So, I started writing them down. I'm very studious and I like to do things correctly. And so I finished the 25 and I think I ended up writing 100 or 150 things because I liked how it made me feel. It completely flipped my mindset. I was no longer thinking about how unworthy I was and what a burden I was. I was now thinking, wow, Look at all of these things I've accomplished, and I'm only 14 years old. So that was number one. Number two, uh, the following week, she encouraged me to talk with my my father as well. Uh, my mom already knew about the situation, but she encouraged me to talk with my father. And uh, to write, uh, my uh, uh, homework assignment was to write... Things that I was grateful for, and I thought, isn't that interesting? Mom is always telling me how grateful she is that she woke up, and how grateful she is that we have a roof over our heads. And these are things that we would pray every night as as little children. She would tuck us in at night because Dad um, was working, or he was asleep already because he worked nights um, for the most part and uh we would start out our prayers with gratitude thank you lord for another beautiful day on this earth thank you for giving us great health today thank you for the friends that we got to reach out to thank you for the technology that we could call to aunt louise and aunt barb across two time zones and things of that nature so When I started writing the things that I was grateful for, I I learned that there is power in actually physically writing it down. And I had been keeping a journal, or my first was like a diary with you know the little lock and key, you know, little girls have um, super cute. I think I had a Hello Kitty one uh, when I was eight years old, and. I always enjoyed writing. Some people, if you have a child that struggles with communicating, you're a parent or maybe you're a teacher and you're listening to this and you're wondering how do I get to this person that isn't quite ready to open up yet in the classroom and you suspect maybe there's some abuse going on at home but you don't really have a lot of evidence yet Um, or maybe no abuse, maybe they're just a quiet introverted person Um, I know it was hard for me to transition to public school and writing was really easy for me to communicate um, because I was encouraged to write at a very young age. And so with this uh, therapy session, writing the gratitude was like my own little superpower. I could flip my attitude like that. So I encourage you, if you teach in a classroom, if you're a parent of little kids or even older kids do it yourself. Be that model. Speak it aloud. Write it down. Uh, post it in your classroom. You know, if if it's a, a state, you know, school or public school, you might not want to include religious things, so you don't get, you know, kicked out or fired um, for adding religion into the school system. If, if 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 you work in a private school or you're your parent and you're doing homeschool with your kids. You know, by all means, like write, write those things you're grateful for and include, if you're a believer in God, like I am, include who you're saying thank you to, who you're being grateful to. Um, some people say the universe, I believe that God is the creator of the universe. And we all have our own belief systems, and I respect yours. Um, after going through. After going through an incredibly beyond challenging season, there aren't even words for me to fully describe what happened in 2020. Uh, It was an incredible roller coaster of, wow, I have all of these amazing deals that are coming through. Almost got to work with Beyonce's dad um, as a mentor on this team. They're growing out this big old company. And then I found out that He's doing some illegal activities and Beyonce doesn't talk to her dad anymore and things of that nature. Um, and who knows what, what really is reality, but those are the conversations that people were guiding me in the background as I had a bunch of opportunities last year and some medical company, multi, multi, you know, I don't even want to say the amount of money to put a target on my back again, but uh, huge organizations, loved what I was doing, loved that I'm good at connecting people and wanted to pay me to just do what I already love doing anyway. Um, I had so many opportunities last year. I had so so many incredible opportunities that came to me or was created through me because I was open to receiving in abundance. Um, And then and then it was like I was blindsided. And hindsight's 100%, but keeping your head up during new situations never had uh, my accounts compromised before. I never had been dating someone that had mental illness that was not seeking mental health support. I did ask my partner, Have you been to a therapist? have you been to a counselor? Have you been to a psychologist, psychiatrist? Have you been diagnosed with anything? The response was, no one will see me. They refuse to see me. I don't know if that's true or not, um, but not on meds, refusing to get help, and I did my best to one of my my mentors uh, that I connected with last year is a retired DEA agent, and I'm grateful for him. He said, "I sent him a message. I said, "I think there's some fishy stuff going on. I got cut out of a million plus dollar business deal." Uh, I, there was some real weird stuff that was going on right around. Uh, the week after I had this this cool VIP networking thing that I created uh, for, for some of my warm connections. And I didn't invite my partner to it because he refused to show up to the first one that was free and didn't show me any interest, but after I had the first one in proof of concept... Then he thought that he just got a free ticket to it. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. Like You kind of hog the mic. And I want this to be a fun experience where I don't have to stress about what you're going to say or what you're not going to say. And hindsight, you know, don't date people that you're trying to do business with. That's my lesson for myself. But in any case, a lot of weird things were going on that week. So got cut out of, uh, of a huge business deal that he had connected me to. Didn't know why. Then... My computer started acting funny. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night. I had sent a cease and desist email that had been in process, been like it was being deleted after I already sent it in the middle of the night. Like I had caught someone in the act remotely on my computer, had no idea that was even possible. Like I'm still learning about tech right now. Um, And so that happened... Uh, lots of weird things were happening. Um, Eventually, I got locked out of all my social media and emails and uh, home break in. It was just really weird stuff. I had Apple still to this day uh, doesn't admit that they had anything at fault, but I called them three times last year and I was like, hey, I think there's something going on with my computer. I don't know what's going on, but I have like I have some podcast interviews that were deleted. I have some weird things that, weird tech stuff. Um, some things were working, some things weren't. I'm getting some, like, my microphone, like, it's Siri is, like, popping up. Like, I hit a button, but I didn't. Just weird things are going on. And they scanned it, and they said, no, it's good. You're fine. But to have a home break in after calling them three times and having it verified from a cybersecurity expert that used to be one of the original top five um uh, at apple that's in charge of a company now it director of 1200 1300 employees tell me that he would gladly put his name on court documents if i wanted to sue anybody because they effed me over real bad um for whatever reason for whatever reason that's that's what happened and maybe it was jealousy uh maybe it was someone pretending to be my ex uh the person that I loved I don't know but uh going back to a kind of bunny child a little bit so this uh retired DA agent suggested to me okay you think your computer's getting hacked into if this is your ex uh here's what you need to do you need to recommend that he gets a wellness check and I was like what is that and I I'm a mental health advocate, but I am not an expert in all things mental health. And he said, well, a wellness check is when officers will go in, uh, usually out of uniform. like They'll dress professionally, but they try to de-escalate the situation uh, because a person's mental well-being is of concern. They'll usually bring a woman in to help calm the situation down. Um, they don't have their weapons out. Like it's a very calm situation, and he will be probably upset that you do that. But if you're concerned about his mental well-being, which I was, I was very much concerned after reading through my journal over the course of the year. Um, I saw patterns of, of uh, in my opinion, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, so you could take it, uh, take it or leave it. But I believe uh, bipolar disorder. Um, And maybe, maybe some other, uh, I think maybe schizoaffective, which is a combination of schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. I learned that from the treatment team that I worked with at uh, the psych hospital where Move Happy first started Uh, because I would witness him talking to himself often and uh, he did threaten to kill his mother on the phone with me. And it was like he, at the beginning of last year, and it was like he forgot that I was on the phone with him. And he was, like, out in la-la land. And I said, uh, excuse me, that is not acceptable behavior at all. You will not be harming your mother. And I will be turning you in immediately. This is illegal. And he, like, snapped back into the present, And he was like, oh, I'm from New York. That's how we talk. And... I'm sorry but I have a lot of friends from New York. I have a lot of friends from all over and nobody threatens to kill their mom ever. Not acceptable. If you ever say the words I'm going to kill you like no, I'm sorry. You you it's it's in the tone, it's in the words, it's in the situation. It's not just the words alone and I could hear it in his tone that he really meant it. And when he apologized, I said, "Okay, All right, cool and I told him I let it go I said as long as you know that if you ever say anything like that again to me I will be reporting you like he was aware that that's not okay language to use with me the next day I went and talked to his mother privately and I said this is what he said to me are you feeling safe are you okay like I tried my best to encourage her to like let her know like whatever fights they were doing because he lived with her like y'all make some peace or kick him out because you got you got to be safe as a woman and she is an elderly woman and so anyways I try to look out for her and she was totally fine she was like no he's fine he goes through these emotional mood swings and so she wasn't worried about it and I kind of forgot about it and a few months later you know roller coaster after roller coaster you know things of that nature um you know I got a lot of opportunities. He got a lot of opportunities. I ended up getting landing at this really sweet gig to be, I think my title was called like educational coach, something of that nature. Uh, But basically I was a very well-paid nanny to a very rich family. Uh, uh, the, The gentleman owns an IT company in the Atlanta area, Atlanta, Georgia, and I was hired because, a large part, because of all of the content I have made for my Move Happy business over the last three years. He and his partner, I'm not sure if they're married or not because they had two different last names, uh, they really liked all of my positivity content, wellness, fitness, everything uh, because they're very into that lifestyle uh, I'll give you a picture of their home so uh, they have a private chef that cooks for them every single meal completely vegan they have one of those grass what is that not lemongrass is it lemongrass it's like one of those you know herbal machines where if you go to like a juicing smoothie bar like they can add some of this oh, wheat grass that's the, that's what it's called they had one of those machines um they have a cleaning person that's full-time cleaner during the week and they have a deep cleaner on the weekends they have a yoga instructor that came two to three times a week um uh, they asked me to add some extra services as well outside of watching uh their son cuz he was 10 he didn't he didn't need a babysitter really they just wanted to have some accountability i think um to keep him on track to not uh, get behind in the school year and whatnot Uh, but they they also asked me to find like a masseuse for them they had two massage chairs and they're downstairs like they had anything they wanted was completely covered Um, I arranged for limousine transport to the airport for his parents and for them for trips and anything that they wanted they got um, I know that they made at least fifty thousand dollars because there was some sort of tree removal service that we were in process for, and I had to know that for the neighbor's house because it was like on the borderline anyways. So uh, I was able to create opportunities of income when I wasn't planning on moving uh, to another state. I just I had to I had to move to get safe uh, because unfortunately, I had a family member that I was, living with that was also in charge of the rent. Um, they held the contract as my quote unquote landlord and we are getting into some illicit behavior. And my rent was going up and down every other week. and when my final straw was when I was charged at in the kitchen while on the phone with this uh, partner of mine that I was um, dating last year. I had my earbuds in, talking to this person. I don't think my family member knew that I was on the phone. Uh, completely, almost beat the the sh out of my face uh, because I parked in the wrong parking spot in the driveway. Like they were just going through extreme stress, and I tried my best to. I asked them, "Can we go to lunch?" I wanted to meet somewhere publicly because I didn't feel safe in the home at that point. Uh, they refused. Uh, I, I went to three shelters, or I, sh- I should say I had called three shelters and asked, do you have a mediator that you can send? I have a dispute with my landlord. Nope. You need to call the police on that. I was, I was like, I don't want to call the police on oh, my family member. Uh, I went to a church and... The uh, lady almost didn't even open the door. Uh, And finally she opened the door and she said, no, it's too high risk for our pastor to mediate anything like that. You're going to have to call the police. And I was like, really? I have to call the police on a family member? So I reluctantly did. I called the non-emergency number. And um, they they brought an officer to the parking lot, um, it actually where the, the the church parking lot that the lady um, turned me away. And uh, such a nice officer. Um, he he and I just chatted for a few minutes. He listened. I don't even know if he actually filed an official report or not, but I just let him know what was going on. I said, "Hey, like, I don't know for certain." But I, I think my family member is going through crisis and might be using illicit stuff. Like I don't want to get my family member in trouble, but like I'm not able to live in this place safely. Like I am avoiding going to the bathroom because I'm afraid I'm going to be charged at in the hallway or yelled at for this or that. Uh, I can't afford to continue to know if my rent is going to be double or half uh, because they're kicking out our. Uh, his best friend every other week over arguments from parties and drinking too much whatever they're doing on their own time I said I am working a full-time job I am trying to grow a global mental health business and I'm trying to stay out of everybody's way I'm trying my best to keep a good attitude but I am I'm now at a crossroads and so he and I talked about some options he said well you can leave for a weekend, cool down. Uh, he can't kick you out of the house, uh, but if you do leave, state the uh, the state that I was residing in at the time uh, is a certain amount of time. I think it was, I think it's thirty days. If I if I left longer than uh, a week, no, was, I think it was thirty days. Like if I left longer than thirty days, then they actually could um, change the locks and things of that nature. But if I just left for like a weekend to give myself time to think about what I really wanted to do and then I can come back and so I was like okay all right so you keep your head up in new situations I never went through this before this family member of mine is my best friend yeah it's my best friend and uh I saw firsthand in that psych hospital, because I worked in the long-term stay, uh, 2016 fall to 2017 fall, and most of my patients were there for at least six months, some of them were there for 30 years, and I saw firsthand, we're talking 22, 23-year-olds, some older all the way up to 80, but many of them were very young and they had co-occurring disorder, which meant that they not only had a mental health diagnosis, but they also had an addiction to either alcohol or drugs. And we're talking a 22 year old, a 23 year old, a 25 year old cannot respond in coherent sentences because they have used so much drugs And I know some people are like, oh, drugs help you be more creative. And there's Tim Ferriss talks about it in his book. Like, I get it. There are medicinal things. Native Americans have their thing. There are certain kinds, there's different kinds of drugs and they do different things. But when I saw patients that... Aren't even 30 years old yet. Many of them weren't even 25 yet, and they couldn't even finish a sentence. They couldn't respond to me asking a very simple question. And in their mind, they actually did respond coherently. I didn't want that life for my family member. I was terrified that if this continues, this behavior continues. The creativity and the genius of this person that I love, my best friend, would be no more. Would be no more. And one of the patients that I did work with in a few different groups was a prodigy, a violin prodigy and couldn't even play anymore because of all of the meth use they had. And this... Family member of mine, we're still not even talking. I hope that one day we will. I hope that one day we will because I did everything out of love and I did everything on my end that I could to the full capacity to not include police or anything until the last resort because my safety was in question and while i'm having this conversation with this officer he says what would you what would you like me to do i said well i am not feeling safe even going back to the house could you help could you escort me while i pack a bag and I'll, I think I'll just go for a couple days this weekend, um, and you just, just hang tight there. You don't have to do anything. Like, do you have time to do that? He's like, yeah, I'll make time. So he did, and he didn't talk to anybody in the house. My family member cowered away in their bedroom and did not come out. No one harassed anybody. No one accused anybody of anything. The officer was there to make sure that nothing illegal happened and that I was safe to be able to grab my things in my home, which is a legal right of anyone that lives anywhere. And he asked me after I grabbed my bags, he said, do you want me to talk to him? And I thought about it, and I thought, if I have you talk to him, he will never forgive me, and uh, I don't know what the right decision would have been. But I made the executive decision to just say no. If this person wanted to have a conversation, they would have. They would have been out in the open. And they would not have cowered away like they did something wrong. So I said, "Um, I appreciate it. If anything happens in the future, I'll reach out. But I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to me and to help me get my bags. And so I kept my head up. And that was a new situation I never thought I would be in. I'd never wish on anybody. But it launched me to the next next stage of my path and so i called my girl nikki and uh she's one of my she's one of my dear friends uh she's always been there for me anytime like i met her uh back in 2015 through direct sales company and uh she just she's just cool she's She's in the military, nobody messes with her, she speaks her mind, she's always honest with you, you you always know where she's at with her thinking, and she gives a really good alternative perspective on things. And so we're chatting, and she's like, all right, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, um, I think I'm going to rent an Airbnb for a couple of days, just something out of town, and just chill, and just, just focus on me. Maybe, um, maybe see if I could get a nice spot for a couple of nights and, um, just kind of go from there. And so we were talking a bit, she's like, yeah, maybe you could get like a mansion or something, rent like a nice spot. So I was like, oh yeah, let me see if I can. And lo and behold, um, cross state lines over, not too far away. I think I got, I think it was $17 a night plus tax on Airbnb and cause it was in the middle of nowhere is this, you know, a little small town, but it was, it was literally a mansion. You could rent a room in a mansion for like 17 bucks a night, fully furnished fridge. Um, they had that old school, cool chandelier stuff, hardwood floors. I still have the photos in my phone. I don't even think I've posted them yet. Um, that was super healing for me. I shot a lot of videos and pictures and, uh, it was really cool. I only stayed there for like three nights, I think. Um, and there might have been one other person in there, but it was super quiet. Like they had a piano. They had like, it was really cool. It was really nice. Um, The neighborhood had like a lot of people around, like trying to get in the mansion. So it was kind of a weird, like you had to like double lock it and stuff. But um, other than that, it was cool. It was really cool. And then I started applying to jobs and I'm trying to figure out like what I'm going to do. And of course, I'm just, I'm a hopeless romantic. And this person is, That helped, you know, get me out of the situation, uh, gave me like what questions to ask, um, what to tell the officer before the officer showed up, like helped prepare me and coached me for that time. You know, I built, um, they basically built trust out through that situation. And um, they, I don't know if they intentionally did this or if they had feelings for me or they were trying to manipulate. I don't know. Um, I do believe in, um, just like the goodness of people. Um, even, even if they've done me wrong and, and maybe that's naive of me, but that's, that's because I'm, I'm full of love and I, and I don't apologize for being full of love. And they made an offer. They said, why don't you look for jobs out here, apply for jobs out here and you've got this mental health, event that you're organizing we could do it out here in the Atlanta area and there's tons of people that would be interested in it and I've got tons of sponsors like I'm already reaching out to people I already got the land cover for you like they basically were just like sweet talking me and I was like okay so I started applying for jobs and that's when I saw the educational coach position and applied to it I also applied to work for Tony Robbins what what and uh when I seen his uh Anthony Robbins Institute was looking for a social media manager or a content creator I think was the title I was like content creator oh my gosh I could totally do that because I love Tony and and no, he's not paying me to say that like he helped he helped me get through some sh in my past and yeah, so I I applied I was applying to tons of jobs on LinkedIn mostly and uh Indeed and ZipRecruiter. I don't like ZipRecruiter anymore cuz they sell your information and I had too many fake job things. I'm pretty sure my information got sold overseas, but in any case, lesson learned. Um so I applied to uh, yeah Tony Robbins and one thing that I did, and this is a lesson for you, keep your head up. If you're looking for a job right now, I'm throwing some, some strong knowledge bombs because I've only had a smartphone since 2015 and I'm not a tech genius, but I am very effective in a short amount of time, okay? Um, I'm not trying to preach to you, but if you're looking for a job and you're looking for a good paying job, doing what you love or creating your own income streams, listen up, take some notes, all right? So when you go on LinkedIn, and this is something I learned from somebody else on LinkedIn, they told me when I was new to the platform, they're like, hey, do you know how to use the search option? I was like, no, okay, bet. Show me how to do it, awesome. So apply to a job, Anthony Roberts Institute, boom. Go up to the search. How do I find the search? If you're 70 years old, hey, I'm not judging you. You're looking for a job. I know plenty of older people that got let go and they still need to pay their bills. Whether you're 70, whether you're 25, doesn't matter. The little search thing is a little magnifying glass. That's on any app anywhere pretty much as standard. A little magnifying glass. You click on that and type in uh, either Tony Robbins or in in this, uh, he has a bunch of different businesses. So the Anthony Robbins Institute. And then it'll usually say people, business, or jobs, or something of that nature. Look for the one that says, people and then you can actually click on all the profiles that that include Anthony Robbins Institute or whatever you know fill in the blank job you applied to say you apply to like I don't know work for Apple or work for Starbucks or something you know fill in the blank and then you can connect with all of the top level leaders that are associated with that particular business that you've applied to. Now, I wouldn't do a quick connect. Just click the quick connect. No, 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 no. You're going to send a personalized message. All right. This is where you're going to take copious notes and you can pause it if you need to and rewind and re-listen. This is uh, not word for word because I don't have it right in front of me, but I got to connect with his private chef, uh, former. I should say he doesn't work for him anymore. Um, But this is kind of the lingo that I used. Hey, man, you know, fill in the blank, whatever their name is, <clears throat> comma, just like you write a note to someone, space, next line. Something positive, kind to them, like, hey, hope your day's going good, or uh, happy to connect with you. Reason why I'm reaching out, be super direct to the point. Don't try to sell somebody anything. If you want to connect with someone, tell them why. I said, hey, thanks so much for reading this message. Reason why I'm reaching out, I applied to be a content writer for Tony Robbins. I believe with my global top 200 podcast and my high value network, network, I'll be a valuable asset. I want to connect with the best of the best. Happy to connect with you, something like that. And then cheers or sincerely, if there's enough characters. The LinkedIn, I don't pay for my LinkedIn like I have before. Um, I did a trial thing, but I've gotten a lot of connections for free. And when I'm making more money down the road and I have a lot more sales coming through and sponsorships are writing me them checks, I have no problem upgrading my account, LinkedIn, but I'm waiting on them checks for them. (laughs) I got to keep my expenses low right now. So. Um, say things like that and that's how you connect with that's how I've connected with so many people I'm going to say it one more time hey so-and-so compliment them thanks so much for the awesome post on mindset I'd love to connect with you as I'm also a huge fan of mindset and believe There's a way we can support one another. Let me know if you're ever open for a brief chat. I'd love to mutually support you. That way they know you're not just trying to ask them for a sale. You are expecting that you're going to get some help and you're going to offer some help. And 99 times out of 10, people will respond to you. They'll connect. They'll say, hey, happy to connect. Uh, At least on the digital platform, they may or may not want to connect for an actual phone call or a Zoom or whatnot, Um, but it's pretty easy to make that initial connection if you start with something positive, be specific with what you want, um, and then, you know, close it out with your name, things of that nature. So um, I applied to that. I never heard back from his company, but I'm sure there's thousands of people that applied to be content writers for Tony, and I'm okay with that. What ended up happening, uh, Chris was one, there was maybe three from uh, Tony Robbins team members. Like I had a couple of people from the sales team, I wanna say, um, that were like public speakers that reached out, Um, but he was the only one that like actually like, boom, gave me his number and was like, hey, I think there's a way we can mutually support one another. And then we built a friendship and then I ended up coaching him and he versus me and whatnot. And we had uh, a few different phone call interactions, Zoom things. He joined my social media university intensive workshop um, and was able to connect with some people within uh, my network. And uh, just this last couple of Thursdays ago, my last final concert of this year for my Concert series that I created for veterans and first responders. He messages me, and I I haven't even we tried to connect this year, like playing phone tag. But I haven't even told him about the concert series. Like I've just been so laser focused this year on gratitude. Uh, he messaged me, and he's like, "I have a word for you from the Lord," and I'm like, "Wow!" Um, and he's like, "Keep the faith. Um, you know, big things are coming." Basically. And so, uh, you might not get the job. You might not get the date. If you're trying to, you know, use this kind of messaging to to hook up with somebody and not hook up, but you know, find the love of your life. Um, but you might get something else instead. That's even better. And you guys, he has his own show. He launched and he already has invited me. He's like, we'll make it happen. We'll fly you out. And what he does, he's, he's, he's a top chef, like only seven in the world know his specialty. Like he is one of seven in the freaking world. Like he's phenomenal. I haven't eaten his food yet, but I know whatever it is, he's phenomenal. And so what he does on his show is he actually, um, cooks, and you have a conversation and so he's like yeah I'd love to have you on the show and then we could talk about you know all things move happy or you know if you have other things you want to talk about and just like have a conversation and I was like oh my gosh that sounds so fun and like you know him and his family and his kids and dancing and all that I was just like wow like I had to move unexpectedly out of the home that I didn't want to move out of. It was not fun for me. Uh, And I ended up making some friends unexpectedly by applying for jobs that are pretty freaking cool. And a couple months into into just getting to know uh, my friend, he says, Hey, so my team, my manager is I think he said manager. Someone that handles like his bookings and whatnot for um for getting hired as a private chef. He says, "Yeah, uh they're going to pitch me to work with Tom Cruise." And I don't know if I can do it. And I'm like thinking to myself, "Okay, you worked For Tony Robbins, multi-billionaire, amazing guru, 40 years plus coach of presidents and world top world athletes, and you don't think that you can coach an actor? I mean, yeah, Tom Cruise is very well known. Pretty much everybody probably knows who he is. Uh, unless you've never seen a movie in your life or a commercial, but (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, he needs me to coach him right now, like on the spot. I was like, oh my gosh. So that was, these are all my internal thoughts, guys. That's not how I responded. I immediately responded, are you kidding me? You work for Tony Robbins. You've worked for way bigger people than Tom Cruise. No offense, Tom, if you're listening. Hey, I'm single, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Kind of. But I was able to give him a friendly coach call unexpectedly, and I thought, how cool is that, that God could use me to coach somebody that has been able to work For one of the coolest people that I look up to, and I say cool loosely, uh, Tony Robbins, if you're listening to this right now, uh, your work helped to flip my mind from very dark places when I was going through my divorce and then when I lost my dad a few months after my divorce finalized. And uh, in a couple of weeks, you'll get to hear uh, me interview Jenny Thummel, who is the beautiful woman and mentor in my life that sent me your video, Tony. She sent it to me uh, on a very dark day. So I'm super grateful for her. Uh, Okay, so back on topic. So I thought that was so neat that I could coach someone while I'm in the middle of really being isolated during the pandemic. I was staying at my house for the most part, unless I was taking care of this, uh, rich family's child and making sure his well-being was was good and whatnot and I just thought that was so neat that God would be able to use me for that and I'm still building out my uh, at, at this time you know this is about maybe early summer it was before my birthday I remember Uh, started having some like networking zoom things people started asking me to coordinate and organize networking things they're like that was really fun with you can you can you set that up again let's do another one Uh, one of my uh, business friends and whatnot uh, that sadly uh, we've got some division caused from my former business mentor I'm hoping that I can rekindle that friendship down the road but I'm praying on that uh But this particular person used to work for Mr. Rogers from TV. Pretty neat, pretty neat person. Funny, funny person. And they were loving getting together and they were loving me doing all the work. (laughs) And all they had to do was show up. And I was like, this is actually really fun for me. Um, If someone would make sure all my bills are covered... I could do this. This could be fun for me, like organizing, get togethers. Um, I always wanted when I was a kid, you know, being that homeschool kid, I was like, I always wanted friends. I felt like I didn't have any friends. I did, but I had this picture of what being in public school was like. And Of course, mom protected me from all the bullies in elementary school up until sixth grade, but I still got bullied a little bit, but I think it helps to toughen you up and thicken your skin for adulthood because nobody really cares when you're an adult. They do, but really, like, I care about you. I care about your well-being, but we we treat adults way differently than we, we do kids, so... Um, keeping your head up in new situations. So definitely was not planning on coaching a professional top world chef uh, on mindset right before he was going to work for Tom Cruise. But uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty neat that God could use me. And who am I? I've only had a smartphone since 2015. And I've only been talking about move happy and really networking since 2018. Uh, That's when I moved across the country. So on Cinco de Mayo. So okay, so I've been talking a lot about kind of my my chronological line. And I talked a little bit about uh, my first therapy experience as a 14 year old. I have gone to therapy a few different times uh, throughout my healing journey. Uh, when my dad first died, I, or uh, before dad died actually, when I was going through my divorce, uh, that was a very challenging time, like beyond challenging time. And I do talk a bit about that um throughout like my content various places and blogs and things of that nature um i didn't end things the best possible way and i think that's probably uh what caused some of the friction and vindictive behavior of my ex um you know hindsight's 100 percent Everybody makes their own choices. I own up to my my part of it, uh, but it was a pretty nasty divorce. Initially, we said we weren't going to use lawyers, and my neighbor and I were friends. And she called me and said, "He's got this car in his parking lot. Do you know or in the driveway? Do you know who that is?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's his lawyer friend." So we weren't officially using lawyers, but he kind of offhandedly was getting lawyer advice for free from his friend, and I thought that wasn't fair. So then that I didn't trust him now um, because I got that information. And so then I hired a lawyer and uh, it, just, it, it just wasn't a good situation. My, my lawyer was overcharging. I'm sure there's a lot of people that hear that. Uh, but uh, this particular person, when I asked for itemized bill, dropped me. Um, so <laughs> definitely knew that this person was not being honest. And so there was that, um, I had lost my guaranteed teaching job. Uh, I was new in the district. He and I had just gotten married and we had moved back to where we first had met and were dating in Tacoma, Washington. And I was teaching in a new district and I didn't know that when you're new in a district, they put you at the bottom of the totem pole as far as years of experience and if there's any budget cuts, even if you're a guaranteed uh, c- a contracted teacher, they can cut you your first year. That's like a loophole. So I wasn't expecting to lose my guaranteed full-time job that I had earned. It started as a 0.6 and I had worked my tail off to cover another person's that had it was the music teacher that also taught a Japanese class well she didn't teach it she was like is online class but they needed it legally to have a certified teacher in the room with the students so I covered for her because she got injured and retired early and I had earned a 1.0 by the end of the year and I was excuse me I was coaching outside of school and to be let go when I worked my tail off for the school district it was like Ouch! So didn't have that money coming in, and then uh, my ex decided to move our entire bank account uh, to a secret account, and my my paycheck actually went into our account, and I didn't get any money for about four months uh, through the court system because it just took a long time through the divorce process for court dates and hearings and stuff. So I had to figure out how to get money uh, during that time. And I had been offered a sub, I was like a long-term sub position a couple miles away from where I had moved to. But when I figured out the numbers, I was like, this is going to pay me the same as if I apply for unemployment. And I can try and figure out this direct sales business that I had gotten into because I started making friends. I started making money. I started learning how to uh, get on social media. And I started really feeling joyful. My social health was like my, my social health tank, if you will, was completely filled to the brim. Um, I was making money, not a lot of money, but I I was learning how to start a business uh, without having to pay all the LLC and the trademark fees and the website hosting fees and all the things that I do now with Move Happy. Um, and I was learning and I was I was absorbing and uh, this company had broken every single record at that point in a hundred and fifty year industry. and I want I love to succeed. And I was like, I want to do this because I had five part-time jobs a couple years prior to that year with uh, I, the year right after I graduated from Oregon State got my master's degree I had five part-time jobs and I still couldn't pay all my bills I still I couldn't pay my student loans and they said that I made too much money to qualify for assistance. And I was like, but I don't, I don't make enough money with five part time jobs. And I'm like pulling my hair out right now. So I, I told myself I was never going to go back, never going to go back to, to working five part time jobs. Uh, and I decided I, I knew I needed to get into business. I needed to get into sales. My dad had encouraged me for years to get into sales because he knew how relentless and hardworking I am and how much money I could make, um, being a woman in the sales industry and whatnot. So I decided I wasn't going to take this long-term sub position that I knew would end. I think the lady was on pregnancy leave. I can't remember the full story on that one. Um, that level of stress was pretty high that year. So my memory is not a hundred percent on that particular detail, but I decided to apply for unemployment and the the confusion of that in itself never went on unemployment before didn't get any help missed so many of those checks that were supposed to come in but they said I didn't fill it out right and so then I just missed out and uh, they wouldn't correct it like for me to be able to say that I made it through that year like it's only because of God did I make it through that year because of all of the challenging things that happened. And one thing that I decided to to do for my own kind of healing journey, I got into this Facebook group, and you're welcome to join this as well. Initially, in December of 2015, I remember they had 40,000 members. I got to hear from the author of this book that then started the Facebook group called The Miracle Morning. So Hal Elrod was on a team call for the direct sales company that I was new to joining. And the reason why we were on a team call with him is because he actually sat at one of our conferences. I'm not sure which one, but he was in the audience and one of the top they call it five star um people, they just made a lot of money. They helped a lot of people make a lot of money. And so they were speaking on stage and one of the questions they were doing a panel, one of the questions that they were asked was Uh, what is your go-to book that you highly recommend people to read? And she said, hands down, The Miracle Morning. Everyone needs to read it. Um, I am so grateful for Hal. And he didn't uh, get paid for that promotion, but he was grateful. And she found out that he was in the audience and heard her. So he said, whatever you would like from me, I would gladly help you. Uh, just let me know. And so she said, would you do a team call and training, breaking down your miracle morning method and share your story? And he said, absolutely. So I got to hear directly from Hal, and I'm taking copious notes because I am in the toughest season of my life that I have ever been in. And I am hearing his story. He's talking about how Uh, you know, the economy was terrible and he was in the real estate industry and he lost everything and he wasn't making sales and he just couldn't figure it out. He was super depressed. He gained a lot of weight and his relationship was rocky and everything was just not going well. And finally, he just started to move a little bit in the morning. He just started to journal a little bit. He just started to meditate a little bit. And when he, I think he quadrupled his greatest income ever in a 30-day period, even greater than before the recession and stuff like that, um, that perked my ears up because I was like, I want to make a good amount of money. I can get up early. I can do all these things. These sound like simple things to do. And um, his wife encouraged him to use an acronym, so he called it the SAVERS. So there's silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and scripting, or journaling. So I started doing those things in the morning and that's when i started getting some song ideas i i kind of combined them like i would do meditation music and sometimes i'd go for a run so i'd hit two or three at the same time and then i come back where my brain was like super creative i start writing down some songs that's when i wrote the song thank you for the trials Uh, i also wrote a song today today i focus on today my breath my world all i have today thank you lord um i wrote a song called i am as well but i i couldn't find where i put the lyrics to that one so i'll have to look around for that um but it started opening my mind again to feeling hopeful creative and whatnot and highly rec- recommend you join that group. They've got over 200,000 members in the in the group now in just under five years. Like It's pretty freaking incredible uh, the accelerated growth that has occurred. And that is a key thing, keeping your head up in new situations. I had never been through a divorce before. I didn't want to get divorced. I didn't ever think I was going to get married because my first real boyfriend in college. Well, I'm gonna say my real first real boyfriend. First, super hot, <laughs> I giggle. Because I I didn't ever think I was super hot as a girl. Like I never really focused on my looks. I focused on my intellect and I have always known I'm an incredible singer. But I never thought I could get like a super hot boyfriend. And I did and he just happened to be in the military and whatnot but he disrespected me He violated me um, and it really it really took a long time for me to even admit what happened 15 years for me to even admit and call it what it was um, and I I lost a lot of respect for myself after that for pretty much my 20s until I met my, uh, now ex-husband. I was the next person that I, uh, dated seriously and then calmed down my promiscuity, if you will. So people are like, why would you share all of this stuff? Well, guess what? I know that I'm going to be on TV someday, Netflix, Amazon, you name it, streaming shows. Um, I, I know that because enough people have told me that it's happening, it's coming, And there are no secrets. I know there's paparazzi. I know there's publicity and there's news out there. And if you hear it from me first, then there are no gotchas. Like, there's no shame in my past. Like, my past is my past, just like your past is your past. It doesn't mean that you are proud of it. It doesn't mean that you you didn't learn from it. I definitely learned from all of it. And when I started doing research on PTSD and sexual trauma and things of that nature, um, it's a lot easier for someone that's been sexually abused as a child to then also be raped as an adult. Didn't know that until I started looking into PTSD and sexual trauma. Um, It is completely normal and actually stereotypical of someone that has been sexually abused or raped or both to gain weight Shortly thereafter because they don't want to feel attractive to attract attention on their body That's what I did. Like I was stereotypical. I stopped exercising. I was I was self-sabotaging. I was um, Causing pain on myself that I didn't need to because I was Accepting the blame of what someone else did instead of releasing it by talking about it so I encourage you if you haven't gone to a therapist yet I really encourage you if you're going through a tough season um therapists can be amazing I uh, went through some therapy while I was going through my divorce um if you're like I don't have money for it I didn't have insurance I was supposed to still have insurance through my ex-husband's medical during our divorce process. And my lawyer told me this. She said what he did was illegal. He canceled my premiums. And she's like, I don't know how the school district allowed that. And that's the same school district that uh, if you saw a post uh, earlier last week, um, I was falsely accused from a coworker of something completely, completely inappropriate that could have ruined my career and had it been true, but it wasn't true. And he tried to actually, my ex brought that information up in the court system during our divorce process. Like we're talking a very nasty divorce and I'm not mad at him. I know that he is still hurting. I know that he's still hurting. Um, And I hope that one day he can He can find it in his heart to forgive me for the way that I divorced him. But I couldn't be married to someone that faked a six month engagement of going to church with me and praying with me and telling the kids that we were a family under God and then making fun of my faith as soon as we got married and then stopping going to church and stopping praying and telling me that it really wasn't for you after all. like to me faith is number one and I never was going to get married unless it was in alignment with someone so uh, there was a lot of a lot of pain that I had to birth birth through if you will uh, with the divorce process and the shame of feeling like oh I've let my parents down my family down and things like that but I realized that there's a lot of people that have been divorced, like Tony Robbins has been divorced. I think he's on his third marriage. And now he's like, got the woman of his dreams. And I love watching all their things together because she she tours around with him. And like, I would love that for me someday, you know, someone to tour around with me. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm going to be the one speaking <laughs> now. He better have whoever he is in my future. He better have a lot going on to catch my attention. But in any case, um, Steve Harvey been divorced a few times. I listened to him a lot, um, as of late and, um, uh, I heard one of his testimonial videos. He says, did you know that you could still be divorced three times and God can still bless you? And I was like, oh, preach, brother, preach. So keeping your head up in new situations, it might be a good situation and maybe it's still adding stress. Like maybe you're getting married for the first time and you're like excited um, or maybe it's a challenging situation and you're like, "Okay, I've never been through this before, but what can I do? Uh, So, and again, I haven't planned this talk at all. So some of it has been a little bit rambling. And I do appreciate you continuing to listen to this, but I do want to close it out uh, with something practical for you, whether you are a teacher, whether you are a student, whether you are a grandparent, whether you are in the military or you are a first responder police officer or sheriff or things of that nature maybe you're a government employee maybe you are in another country and your dream is to one day come to america whoever you are whatever you are man woman they them there. I implore you, I really encourage you, pay attention to what you're really, really good at. That also, not just really good at, because we can learn a lot of skills and be really proficient at things if we are type A personalities and take excellence, um, take pride in being excellent at things. Pay attention to when you're doing something and you lose track of time. And you don't care how many times if you're like, for me, it's recording music. I spent probably four hours this morning in my closet. (laughs) I'm laughing because it's true. Because Leonard, um, the cool music engineer that I'm working with, um, he said, you know, the first song that I worked on for you took me six hours instead of the three that I'm charging you for. Uh, Here are some tips. And so he told me, record it in your closet because it'll dampen the sound. I was like, that's a great idea. That's great feedback. Thank you. So that's what I did. And I didn't even look at the clock once. I was like, this needs to be done well. So pay attention to what you enjoy doing and if you're not sure yet maybe you're you know 9 or 10 years old and you're listening to this maybe in the car with mom driving to school or maybe you're you're listening to this and you just lost your job and you're struggling with just keeping a positive attitude i encourage you to pay attention to what it is that you really truly enjoy doing that you lose track of time doing because you can literally create your own business, your own lifestyle. You can get paid doing what you love. It's possible. And I'm gonna give you some practical, actual, factual things from me to help sink it in even deeper. So, the year that I was going through the divorce, I had just gotten the iPhone, uh, I think it was an iPhone 4, might have been a 6, I forget, what, 2015, whatever. It wasn't a new one. I didn't care to have a new one. I wanted something cheap that I could learn how to use. And when I started listening to these top-level leaders in this direct sales company tell me that I needed to post videos of myself doing whatever it was that I loved doing and that that would attract the kinds of people uh, that would help me get to where I wanted to go, I believed them and I'm so glad they told me that because I was learning how to use a smartphone for the first time ever. And I did have an Android um, when I worked um, on post briefly as a health educator the year prior to that, but I didn't like it because I sent long text messages and then it would be like, four or five parts all out of order. And I am a woman of order and organization. And so, uh, and, uh iPhone worked better for me. So I started posting videos, singing one, it was one video. I made a commitment to myself, one video of singing in, um, usually in the car. Cause I was always driving somewhere or, um, in my apartment and, a gal that was also in the drug sales company, Chantel, she saw my video. She was friends with a gentleman that actually let me sleep on his couch until I got stable housing, and she worked at a restaurant on this island, and um, Anderson Island to be specific, and Chantel worked at the only restaurant on the island, and she knew that that was the spot that everybody went to on the weekends so she and I met at one of our trainings and she said hey I know that you love to sing would you be interested in singing at our restaurant will they actually pay um, live musicians to come out it is on a a, uh, you have to take a ferry though to get there Uh, but you could stay at my place stay the night if you wanted to and um, just leave in the morning if you want and I was like oh my gosh like that is so cool. Yes, absolutely. I didn't even care how much it paid. Um, uh, but I, I did know that I, I, my piano skills were not high enough at that time. So I was like, I had to hire that out. So she said, well, um, let us know, you know, what your budget is. And so and the gentleman that let me stand on his couch, he actually, his landlord played the piano at the Bellevue square mall. And he said, let me ask him if he's interested in, working with you. Um so me and Carrie hooked up and he and I practiced together and he was like, I'm not a jazz musician, I'm a classical musician. But I was like, if you can play classical at Bellevue Square Mall, and those of you that aren't from Washington, that's like the super rich, super posh area. Like all the tech and um Chanel and you know all those big name brand companies and businesses are all in that mall. And he was hired to play in the mall for all those people. I was like, you can play jazz. If you can If you can do that, you can play jazz. So he was like, all right, well, let me see. And uh, he brought a drummer, and we ended up playing in this restaurant. And they not only did that, but they also did this big poster advertisement that I still have today because I thought it was the neatest thing. I felt so special. Um, and they advertised it all around town. And they paid us. And... At the uh, halfway point, we did, it was probably about three hours with probably like 20-minute breaks between sets, like three sets of like probably 45 minutes. And I'm I'm at my break, you know, eating some food. And this lady comes up to me and hands me her business card. And she's, you know, a beautiful lady. I, I don't know her. And she says, I wanted to let you know I'm very impressed with your skills tonight and not sure if you're interested, but... I do a lot of bookings for political events, fundraiser events, and things of that nature. Um, If you're interested, you know, give me a call sometime or shoot me an email. And I was like, okay, awesome, thank you so much. So had I not posted that video on Facebook singing a song and that person, Chantel, had not seen my video and then shared it with the restaurant manager and then ask all these intricate steps never would have happened had I not taken action and just been myself on social media and shared a little bit, got a little vulnerable. So I encourage you, if if you're an artist, if you draw, then draw. Take a take a video of yourself drawing and then post it and see what happens. There are no expectations and you shouldn't expect that you're gonna be making zillions of dollars tomorrow if you post a video today. It does take work. That was my first, my first time connecting with Kara, and Kara and her husband uh, have been great supporters of my music since that day we met at that restaurant on Anderson Island. Kara did own up. I did reach out to her a few days later. And she actually helped me. She she knows this now, but at the time she didn't know it. But I asked her, I'm looking to make some money singing more. I'm trying to get into singing more. Do you know of any opportunities? And she actually booked me, like, I want to say two or three gigs during that uh, year, either in that winter or the following uh, spring of 2016. And I got to sing for some political fundraising events. I don't, I don't know. There was like a Christmas tree like auction thing um, we did I actually took a day off of work from the psych hospital and um, I got my boss Sue's permission to sing because my boss was so impressed that a judge wanted me to sing at this event she's like "Ooh, a judge so she said sure you can take the day off and so she had her assistant at this at the time Cecilia help um, make sure I allocated the hours on the computer correctly and whatnot and then after her uh, Kara probably doesn't even know this part but Kara actually helped me be able to sing at my job because I posted um I think I did a live stream Facebook live while we were practicing um and Carrie and I uh, hooked up again for that and I took a video of us and um <laughs> it was really funny because my I connected with a couple of my coworkers who were just like brother and sister to me, like big brother, big sister. Um, And Danny, he, I'm pretty sure it was him that shared it because he was super open with sharing stuff like that. And the next day I get back to work and it might've been a Friday, so it might've been the following after the weekend. But in any case, the next work day I come back and Sue pulls me aside and she says, hey, question for you. I'm like, yeah. She goes, so Danny showed me your video from Facebook and you've got a beautiful voice. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. She's like, so I'm not sure if you'd be interested or not, but our patients here, they love Christmas carols and many of them come from Christian and Catholic backgrounds and they would love it to have someone sing christmas carols to them Uh, we have a volunteer piano player from the community that comes every um every holiday season and it would be really nice to have a vocalist sing along with him would you be interested and i'm like so you're asking me to sing during my workday and get paid the same to be able to also sing and she's like yeah i was like Yes, I would love to. Um, Heck yes, hands down, 100%. So I got to sing at my day job, which is what I love to do that makes me happy because I know that it makes others happy. It brings me joy. It brings others joy. It's a win-win. And that would not have happened had I not posted that first video during my divorce process a few months prior to that so and there is power in social media Uh, there's also the power of evil as well because as you start getting up uh, and more successful in your career and you start building your brand um, it's easier I heard I believe I heard Tony Robbins say this it's easier to tear a building down than it is to construct and build one up so what happens is jealousy is a natural human instinct um, that many people have. Um, I'm not going to say I don't have it, but I have so much love in my heart through my choices, through social interactions, through regular church you know, um, lessons and keeping myself accountable, um, being around people that don't talk about others. One of my pet peeves is gossiping. And so I don't, I just don't, I don't do it. I don't talk about people in a bad way. Um, I don't say something behind their back that I wouldn't feel confident to say to their face. And that has helped protect me and build a lot of trust with people, uh, very quickly um, but it also sometimes when you, when you take pride in your work, uh, those that would rather earn things by taking from you uh, will try their best to do that. And that's what happened last year um, and has happened um, a few times in my life, but I really don't pay attention to that. I just keep keep moving forward. I keep my head up in new situations because, I choose to focus on what I'm grateful for and I really encourage you whether it's shooting a video of yourself singing, playing piano, um, drawing, maybe you're like the world's best plumber (laughs) and you do it really fast and you do it very efficiently, you know, whatever it is for you. If you're struggling right now and you're like, I wish I could get a job, I wish someone would hire me, flip the script Dude, flip the script. With the internet, there is so much power in social media and building your own brand. If you don't want to build a business name, build your own name. People know me as the mental health girl. They know me as a singer, and they know me as a positive person. I'm not always positive, but I try my best to only post content that's going to add value to you. So if I do share a sad story, I'm not going to just leave it sad because I don't want to put you in a in a sad mood. I'm going to tie it into a weekly topic and how despite going through this scary situation last winter, I was able to write eight songs that turned into 32 songs in 14 months. So I try to flip the script and tell you and show you and be that example of what's possible even when life throws you lemons. So I hope you've learned something today. I hope that I have added value to you. If I did add any value to you, it would mean the world if you would screenshot the certain part of this episode that really stood out to you and um, post it on social media and maybe write a couple sentences of why you appreciated it. Um, I love it when you share stories and I know for a fact that people learn more from stories than they do from facts. So if you can tie it into a personal or professional story story, um, to help us, you know, really fully understand that helps me connect with you better as well and have a greater understanding for you. And you can tag me on all major social media if we're not connected yet on Facebook or it's going to be called Meta soon. I'm not sure exactly when, but they're preparing us and um, in Instagram and also on TikTok. It's the same handle for all three the little at sign T H E R E A L. M-O-V E H A P P Y. So it's the real Move Happy. You can tag me on Snapchat, the little at sign T H E M O V E H A P P Y. On Twitter, the little at sign Move Happy Team. So M-O-V-E H A P P Y T E A M on LinkedIn, you can tag me. My main one is my professional Aaron Nicole, CEO and founder of Move Happy and Aaron Nicole Ministries, veteran and first responder nonprofit. Uh, you can also tag the business page of Move Happy, the little at sign move, M O V E dash, happy. I'm on Clubhouse, though you can I don't think you can create content on there, but if you want to connect with me, it's Move Happy Aaron, E R I N trying to think if there's anything else. I'm on Twitch though. I'm not a I'm not against gaming, but I don't have any game consoles, but I try to be everywhere so if something happens and I happen to make a game in the future or something uh, then I already have my social media handout Nobody can take it from me. Um, I believe that one's move happy Aaron as well. If you're on Twitch and for those of you that are regularly sharing and tagging and, and helping me with my mission to empower everyone in the world, to find their own happiness from within, I do want to honor and edify you. And so what I'm doing is offering a listening room experience. And once we get to 10,000 downloads, so you might be thinking, well, what's a listening room experience? And So what it is essentially, I'm going to tell you a quick story. So I was walking on Pacific Lutheran University's campus in Parkland, Washington. It's a small little suburb of Tacoma. I am walking right past, if you're from that area where the tennis courts are, and there's this little like golf cafe, and I get a text message from my brother, and he's like, He's a full time musician, by the way, entrepreneur online, and uh, self taught and everything. And he's like, Sis, you'll never guess who's in this listening room with me. And I was like, What's a listening room? And he's like, Oh, it's where all the like elite, like elite musicians go to share their music with each other before they share it to the public. And I was like, Ooh, that sounds like fun. And he's like, I know. He's like, So guess who's in the room and I'm like I don't know Mariah Carey because she's my number one favorite singer of all time you, you make a commitment I love all kinds of music but and musicians but you make a commitment as a child and I'm loyal I'm loyal for life and he's like no not Mariah I was like alright uh well my second favorite singer Beyonce and he's like yes I'm like shut the front door and he's like yes she is in the room And all of her bodyguards are around her. I was like, oh my gosh, are you freaking out? He's like, my hands are sweaty. (laughs) Actually, I don't remember that part, but that's in my mind. (laughs) And so I thought that was like the neatest thing. And when he texted me that, uh, it's been a while since I've been in college. I graduated in 2008. And we're in 2021 right now. That to me was like wow what a neat experience how special are you bro like how hard have you been working to be able to be in the room with Beyonce by putting in the work getting on YouTube getting vulnerable creating your own music doing the covers networking hustling shooting videos making all the mistakes to be able to to be in the room with her. And I think that was only like three years after he, three or four after he moved across the country. So it wasn't that long. Like you can hit it pretty successfully in a short amount of time if you are laser focused on what it is that you want to go after. So my listening room experience is my gift to all of my, I call you guys my super fans. If you are regularly going on iTunes and writing positive reviews and subscribing, if you are sharing my content on social media, if you are telling your friends about it and then they're reaching out to me and saying, hey, so-and-so introduced me to your show or introduced me to your content, you know, and you reach out to me on social media. Like, I love it when you guys are talking and sharing the brand and I want to honor and edify you, so I'm going to provide you with a neat concert experience to share my music with you that I haven't released to the public yet. And that's what I've been doing this year through my nonprofit for veterans and first responders through Erin Nicole Ministries. I have been hosting online concerts to say thank you to all of the veterans and first responders that helped protect me last winter, helped restore my business technologies that I almost completely lost. All of this, all this work um, it's priceless. You could not put a price on restoring my business tech. There are a lot of businesses I learned that if they get hacked into and they're, you know, low budget, um, small businesses, they just have, they just have to scrap it and start over or do something else. So to have it protected, restored, and to have my life protected, I could never repay them for what they did for me. And so they will always get free concerts for life from me. And for those of you that have been supporting the Move Happy brand growth, you do get invited into that as well. So once we hit the 10,000 downloads, I'll be hosting the first uh, Listening Room Experience concert. And uh, we are... We're doing pretty good um, as far as downloads. You can actually access the downloads 24-7 um, through right now, it's on our podbean website. So it's the move P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com. Um, and you can check it, you know, if you're in another time zone and you feel like checking it when uh when I'm not on the air, you can do that. Uh, we're at 3,021 right now and we need to get to 10,000. So if you share it with three, who shares it with three, who shares it with three? Um, we'll, we'll hit it in no time, uh, but we do have a little ways to go. Uh, once we hit the 10,000 threshold, then I'm going to create a new challenge for us to be able to get more people to listen to it and, uh, we'll focus on 10,000 for now. So I'm super grateful for you guys. And thank you so much for listening. I hope I hope that you really do something today, even if it's for two minutes that you enjoy doing because you are worth it and you deserve it. I love you guys. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. I'll see you next week. And the next concert for veterans and first responders is in February. So make sure to get me your email if you want to be added to the invite. Bye.